The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, this is Captain and Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. It hasn't been a major news week, which is kind of nice to take a break. So I had some time to sit around and look at the collection I have, which is always growing and I'm always trying to shrink it. Um, I've decided to get rid of a lot of my single issues, and as I'm getting rid of box after box after box and cleaning up the basement, I'm now leaning on the hardcover graphic novels that I have and wondering, do I need more of those to supplement the stories I'm losing? So I called Steven, who has really only omnibuses, to talk me out of spending a lot of money this week. So let's hear what he has to say. And I've been moving into a smaller place lately. Uh, I've been telling a few people, but my wife and I have decided two addresses are better than one as quarantine goes on into infinity. Yeah. So <laughs> that's unending quarantine. Yeah, so that's where we are. And the boys think that two houses are better than one house because then they just go back and forth and run around. Um, so every so right now we're all okay with this arrangement. But I moved into a smaller place, so I've been downsizing a lot of stuff. I sold a lot of stuff on eBay. Um, but I noticed the flip side of that, and I'm kind of talking to you <laughs> because I want you to help me, is I've been getting rid of a lot of my long boxes. Yeah. And I've noticed that some of the runs that I'm ready to sell the issues of are collected in an omnibus. They are, they are not. They are. Yeah. But that story is terrible. But it's collected in an omnibus. Oh, fuck it. Get rid of it. Because well, you, you get like dumb no, I, shit like Ven Omnibus, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cable yeah. and Deadpool, what are you doing? Well, have you done this? Because, I mean, you were looking at Avengers The Crossing. No, right, yeah. No, I... Um, I have bought omnibuses that were not great and I've kept them. I don't know that I've ever uh, bought one and then sold it and was like, Oh, well fuck that story. It was terrible. Like I'm looking at the shelf over here and I have acts of vengeance. Do you know this? That's okay. That's it's one okay. Of, it's not it's bad, it, but it's not great. When am I ever going to reread it? Well, it's not a story. It's one of those where they just told every book like, hey, do something like this. Use a villain that they've never fought before. Yeah, so it all depends on how good that book already was. Yeah, I mean. Like, like Spider-Man, Eric Larson was drawing it at that time, and it was Spider-Man fighting Magneto and a Sentinel. And Graviton, right. like, all right. Yeah, it was silly shit like that. So yeah, it's it like, didn't it's not save bad, any books. Yeah. But it's not great. But I'll tell you what, like, um, we had a copy back when we had the store. There was a copy of, um, there was like an, uh, there were there were two omnibuses, and one of them actually sold. And we sold it for like $15. And it was probably like a $75 book because we couldn't get it to sell. And it wasn't this one, but it was like this. And I think the story's called Atlantis Attacks, where it was like a big Namor story. Do you yeah, it was, all, it was all, annual. all the annuals. Yeah. They right. did a thing. It was like the late 80s. Instead of making all the books do crossovers, they did it in all the annuals. So right. So, like, like Evolutionary War. Yeah. Well, they all fought the High Evolutionary. Yeah. It was like High Evolutionary versus Apocalypse, and all these heroes got caught in it. And I, we had the omnibus. We couldn't sell it. It was like repeatedly put on sale. We put it in a raffle. We couldn't get rid of it. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to take this home. Yeah. And even I didn't do that. So God knows where that book is now. Because even with the book where I like, I kept him and Han about it. I looked on the back. You know, I read the description. I'm like, yeah, this just sounds like trash. I knew it was part of that annual nonsense, which I'm not a big fan of. I Wikipedia the, the event. Yeah, right. I did all this fucking research. And I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need this. Well, this is, this is why I need your advice because I'm doing that now. And I'm I'm learning where um, name your shame though. Like, what are you? What are oh, you I'm definitely I am of? definitely gonna name my shame so you can yell at me. Yeah. I, um, I've been I've been deep into Spider Man and X Men. I've just been kind of getting everything because every omnibus is like three years. Uh, so <laughs> there is shame there, but it's such an unbroken run through omnibuses that I'm like not getting rid of them. But sp I've been deep into Spider Man and I've gotten all of the good Spider Man. 
So like I have all, I have the first four omnibuses, which is like the first 15 years. Um, I've got like some of the big art ones, like the Todd McFarlane, the Eric Larson, uh, the I got the Spidey and Venom, which had Maximum Carnage. I got the Roger Stern is probably my favorite omnibus that I've ever owned. Uh, but I'm getting to the point now, and then I've got a lot of the oversized hardcovers of like we've got uh, Untold Tales by Busiek. Yeah, that's a good one. I've got uh, McFarlane Spider Man run. Do you have volume um, one of Straczynski before it? <laughs> I got do. Insane. Well, now we come. To, now we come to the crossroads because I have the volume one. And now I'm looking at my shelf, and because I no longer have these issues in a long box, yeah. Because I'm like, ah, right, that Straczynski run gets crappy. I got yeah. all those downstairs. Now I'm looking at the volume two because I'm like, but now I don't have oh, it. Oh, I see. Yeah, see, I. And it's a collecting thing. I know it's a collecting thing. Yeah, I um I have all the issues somewhere in a long box and I'm trying to I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm going through long boxes every time I go over to my parents' house, I grab a long box bring it home, sort through everything, and then try to, you know, sell the shit on eBay. But I, once I do get to that Shinsky run and find it and get it all together and sell it, I am not going to purchase that second volume because it's yeah. like, I, I, what am I ever going to reread it? You know what I mean? It's like, Good it point. was a yeah. trash story. I think there's, it's frustrating. because Well, it's, it's not, not even one story. It's a few stories, but almost all of them are trash. Because the right. Well, the vol- back in black, I think is in that second I liked I like the back that. Of, yeah. Back in but, black was good and that's what But my, there was a back in black oversized hardcover if you really wanted that that you could find. Right. Something. Yeah. So but I think that's the trick is that the back in black stuff is really good. I don't think all that was Straczynski. I think that was going through the different Spider-Man titles. The no, it was I mean all of Amazing was Straczynski and they did not cross over. It was more of a it was more of an initiative than an event. So, right. Did Ron well, Garney draw it in Amazing? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, he was. He drew the Civil War issues, and that's right after Civil War. So right. I think he's still there. Diodato drew a lot back then. Yeah, and but I like, fucking hate Diodato. But like Peter David did Back in Black in Friendly Neighborhood. Right. And they didn't cross over. It was just okay. like everybody did like six issues of the Black. Their own separate thing. So yeah. it's like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, at some point, I'll be like, fuck, I want to reread that story. But yeah. I the I don't know the weird Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy have well. But- Volume two, I was just looking at it again because volume two starts with the other where he's like, Peter. Oh, he bites Moreland's face off. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's like Peter Parker on bath salt. Yeah, yeah, bath salt. It's like Florida Man, Spider Man, (laughs) (laughs) Spider Florida Man. Right. It was because it was all. It was all to give him the organic web shooters. Yeah, it was twelve issues to give him the organic web shooters, which then they rebooted the movies and got rid of. Right. This is why I always, and we probably talk about this at some point, but I always hate, I don't mind the, I don't understand the movies are going to have to kind of influence the comics at some point, but that's the problem with the comics taking a lead from the movies is the comics have to be around forever. The movies are going to be gone at some point. You know, we're going to have another Captain America. We're going to have another Iron Man. That's as inevitable as the tides, you know, but it's like, that's, that's, two spider-mans ago <laughs> and it's like and it's just like and now this whole i like story. i like you can measure time by spider-mans it's yeah, like the seasons now it's it, two spider-mans ago. two whole spider-mans ago so <laughs> no i don't think um you know they should be taking a cue on something like that right. because it's like now it's temporary and then the story the story doesn't fit anywhere and there was there was a really good Moreland story. Um, in the initial, the first Moreland story that John Armada Jr. drew was awesome. That's a great run. There's well, that's what makes that first volume so beautiful is it right. stops when Ramita Jr. leaves. And for some and reason- that's a, that's a perfect time for you to walk away. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I guess, I guess it's just serendipity because Ramita Jr. doesn't plot and he doesn't, he, he's not co-writing these. But no. the, minute, the minute he leaves, it turns into garbage. Yeah, and, it's and like, I don't know what it's the other, through. and then it's the, and then it's as you were saying, it's like um, the original story was supposed to be Peter and Gwen had kids, and now the kids have spider powers and they hate Peter, and then editorial was like, nope, Peter can't have kids with Gwen Stacy, so make them Norman Osborn's kids, right? That, that he story had worse. Gwen Stacy 
willingly. Like she yeah, so Gwen Stacy cheated on Peter with cheated Norman. On Peter with Norman, and then that I, I think that got retconned at some point. That maybe it was like I think they just ignored clone it. Clone of Gwen Stacy, or yeah, maybe nobody talks about it. But it's yeah. Like, and then there's so, this there's the Civil War issues, which are pretty good. But honestly, if you don't read Civil War, they don't do anything. Right, and I like, they're I, all honestly, just times. I would say. Is like hold out if you really want to read them they'll put out a civil war omnibus they've they've done these before i've got a world war hulk one yeah there's they also did a secret invasion omnibus so they'll do they'll do a civil war omnibus at and some they point, did they did oversized hardcovers back in the day you can right. there's a civil war oversized hardcover um is i think you can still find it but they also did a civil war amazing spider-man oversized hardcover if you want just those right ones. so any of the stuff you want to read that's in that omnibus you should be able to find elsewhere yeah. for less price and then you don't have to have this like tome of nonsense sitting on what? Your tome of nonsense you just titled this week's podcast because yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's exactly what it is and i was like watching youtube reviews of the book and i'm like mm. oh that's a lot of amazing spider-man that i no longer have and it's not even that i no longer have it i no longer have it in print like i have it digitally right and i think that's kind of the ultimate fallback is like you can get all this stuff digitally you know, that's not going to go out of print. Right. So even stuff and it's, it's like dirt cheap, right? It's, it's not be paying for the paper. Edit. So it's always going to kind of be there for you. And I think it's like going through my long boxes. I kind of looked as like, there isn't really anything I'd hold on to. The mm-hmm. only thing I'm probably not going to get rid of is I've got, um, it's the third series of green lantern. So it's Jeff Johns. N- no, the third series was when, Hal goes becomes parallax and then Kyle starts on oh, issue fifty. Okay. Yeah. So I had I have a full run from issue one all the way until when they ended that series. Yeah, so and did I. I, of, I sold them for nothing. <laughs> right. You can't get anything for them. So my thought is like, well, I'll hold on to these because the Kyle Rayner run I really enjoyed. It's all like that Ron Mars stuff. So it's like reread that and then at the end be like, all right, should I just fucking get rid of this or what? Because that stuff Kyle's like the uh, redheaded stepchild of Green Lanterns. They're never well, going to collect well, all that stuff, you know? And that's what it is. Those 90s characters, right? Um, at, they were so important to us as the 90s. Of like, here's the new generation of heroes. They're not like a bunch of new characters we threw in. They're like graduating characters. Because that's when um, we have Wally West as a Flash. We have Kyle Rayner as uh green lantern we have tim drake as robin and then nightwing gets his own title right oh and there was a new green arrow connor yeah connor hawk mm-hmm. um and then those guys have been shit on ever since the 2000s yeah i mean i don't even think connor hawk exists in like the dc universe you know yeah, tim, tim drake they changed his costume and it's like what happened to fucking a whole character's gone yeah you know well and that's and the thing about frustrating because that second gener or that was a third generation of a lot of those heroes yeah uh it was a really interesting dynamic they had with all the characters because it was like green lantern and green arrow are supposed to work together and supposed to be friends but neither of them liked each other because Mm -hmm. they they weren't ollie and hal same thing with the flash wally west didn't like kyle rayner because wally west grew up working with Hal and then he's like who the fuck is this new guy who doesn't yeah, well he, he also spends his whole life being trained and the original premise of Kyle was like a guardian found him in an alley right and well, here, that's what's weird. so Wally West to me was always the flash I uh you know they killed Barry Allen before I was alive <laughs> you know it's like crisis happened before I was born wait what year were you born 86 oh so my crisis god 85 so I was I was gra- I was graduating grammar school at that time. When you were yeah. born, I was telling myself I was too old for comics. Yeah, and I was too young for comics. Well, you were too young for print <laughs> for anything. You were too young to speak. Yeah. Um so Wally West is always a flash to me. So I I've always had this idea of like Wally West is that he's this guy, he was one of the first teen sidekicks. He grew into the mantle before Robin became Batman. This guy became the Flash. So I'm like, okay, he's a pretty good, serious guy. But then I'm reading the Justice League International Omnibus. Yeah. And the volume one takes place right after Crisis. This book is like the book they launched for the Justice League after Crisis. And Wally West is like a lunatic jerk. He's like an insane misogynist. Oh, yeah. He's just like totally a dickhead. And you're like, it's so weird because you're like, this isn't 
this isn't who this dude is. No, you know? that was the original. Um, I think it was William Messner Loeb. No, Mike Barron. Um, that's how he pitched it. He pitched it like, let's have a superhero that's a jerk. And then a, he was a jerk. <laughs> and then know? William Messner Loeb took over. And when that run ended, that ended. And then William Messner Loeb's made him kind of just average. And then Mark Wade came along. And Mark Wade. Yeah, they made like Mark a Wade, It's one of Mark Wade's best superhero. runs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I loved in Mark Wade's run. Where um, it's before Wingo, I think it's Greg LaRock was drawing it. Um, when he gave him like the Wolverine eyes instead of the Captain America eyes, it oh, was right, such right. a subtle touch of like this is a different Flash. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, which also leads me back to my original uh, topic uh, of the omnibuses because most of these crappy omnibuses that I'm looking at are '90s, and I'm like, oh, but there's a big hole in '90s on my shelf. Yeah. And we're talking about the good stuff that DC was doing. Although I just sold the Death of Superman omnibus because I was looking at it on my shelf. And I'm like, I don't need this much Superman ever. <laughs> no uh, one does. No, I was moving the figures, yeah. and I have a whole bin of Mattel DC Universe Superman. I'm like, I'm like, I have Toy Man and Parasite. That doesn't seem like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, um, but I sold that. But but what I'm looking at now is with Spider Man. Because I'm just kind of running down the list, and yeah, I have all the good stuff. So we started talking about Volume Two of Straczynski, which is garbage. By the way, it came out in March. Marvel knows when they're putting out a garbage omnibus because yeah, it, they must. It came out in March. It is gone. It's like out of print, and it is slowly climbing third party on Amazon and eBay. Volume Two is Volume Two, the bad volume because oh wow, and it must have been because the orders were so low and the print run was so low, mm. and, and the only thing worse than that is they started doing the omnibuses of the Clone Saga. Yeah. So that first Clone Saga omnibus came out like four years ago. Volume one you can find for like 65 bucks if you're looking. Um, I think like in-stock trade still has it. Like yeah. everybody still has it. Uh, Marvel obviously knew because volume two is worth $250. Meaning they, they, the print run was so much lower that, that it's shot demand up. Demand is higher. So yeah, if you want to buy the Clone Saga, which arguably is the worst Spider-Man ever, you shouldn't. You're first gonna, of all. you yeah, but you're also gonna pay through the nose for these terrible, terrible books. And then the yeah, and, the, and then the Ben Riley omnibus, because there's the whole, two of those, right? The second one is coming, and that closes everything. So yeah. the whole Clone Saga is gonna be four omnibuses. Jesus so the Christ. Ben Riley on us, which is the third one, the second one hasn't come out yet, and the first one is going for 150 bucks. Yeah, and it's it's well, see that it's almost daring you to not buy it. A little bit, yeah. I mean, this is like I was frustrated because I got volume one of George Perez's Teen Titans, which I'd never read. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is incredible. When's volume two come out? And I had missed it; it already come out. So then volume two is uh, you know just, it's silly expensive, so it's not worth getting. But then volumes three and four came out. So am I supposed to get three and four and wait for a reprint of two? Or do I just stop and yeah. just maybe wait, you know what I mean, and see what happens? Although DC did reprint those because I have one and two. and they were I think I missed printers. it. I missed them all the first time. Yeah. And then I got a second, second print of volume one. And then I missed the second print of volume two. So I almost have to wait for another printing, get, uh, printing three of volume two so that I can get three and four. Or you could buy my volume two. Yeah, or I could just not have it in my room. <laughs> you know, yeah, that I think that's what I'm getting to is like what is what is too much? Because I as I've been I've been winnowing down my collection for a while. Basically my arc was I I had gotten rid of almost everything. Uh and I wasn't even really buying comics anymore. I was just buying figures. And then I got a house that had a basement and I was in the suburbs with no friends and nothing to do. So I started going to mini cons and within three or four years, and then you opened a goddamn store um, yeah. on the eve of the new 52. So when Snyder and Capullo started putting out Batmans, I was like, oh, I should have a Batman collection again. Right when you want to get Batman monthly. <laughs> yeah. So um, comic book store. It took about four or five years, but my collection was four times the size that it had ever been. And now I'm, I'm cutting it back down and I'm losing money hand over fist. Uh, but what, I, what I've done is now focus on my core characters. And I just sold off like all my 90s Fantastic Fours, which- um, Yeah, no, what in that is good. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, no. Even the, the Jeff Jim- Loeb trying. Yeah, even with, the- uh, Echo. Even the Jim Lee stuff is awful. It's like a low point for Jim Lee. Yeah, which is weird because they just referenced it in- 
the Fantastic Four newest issue that came out this week, they referenced. Oh, I didn't like, read it yet. Yeah, well, they're they're doing all this like Empire stuff. So I think like Spider Man and Wolverine go to help the they're at you know the Baxter Building or wherever the neighborhood they're in the mm-hmm. Yancey Street, and he's like, they're like, you hear that ring, and it's just like when they summoned us in the a couple years ago, and it was you, me, Ghost Rider, and the Hulk, and it's like. Ugh. I was like, yeah. then we fought the mole man, and I'm like, I had those issues. I'm just like, good lord. I like those issues. I may yeah. have sold, I may have just sold them, but those were good for two reasons. Number one, it was in the middle of Walt Simonson writing it. That's an underrated run because he's writing it and drawing it. Walt Simonson is the. Uh, if you wanted to rank all the Fantastic Four runs, there's the big four runs we always talk about. Right. That are, these are the best Ironically, runs. there's four runs, yeah. Ironically, Walt Simonson's is the fifth run. It's like yeah, if you although, wanted to expand it to like the next readable level, it's yeah. like Simonson and then what, Perez did a run? Yeah, I, I'm not going to rank Slot until he's finished, but he's, I think he's surpassing Simonson. Like, uh, yeah, I haven't read all of Simonson's run. I read it. And Slot is, yeah, yeah I got to wait till it ends. Yeah, but the Simonson run, it was in the middle of that, and the sales were so low that they were like, hey, the only way we can boost sales is to, put all, is to make the Fantastic Four all the popular characters. So we'll make them Spider-Man and Wolverine, and at that point, Hulk, uh, Hulk was on high because it's, it's early in the Peter David run because he's gray. And Ghost yeah. Rider had just been relaunched. So they were just like, let's just make them the Fantastic Four and let's get Art Adams to draw it. And there was a joke in editorial, like Walt Simonson, Walt Simonson was making a joke, like, oh, you don't think my Fantastic Four could sell? Then do that. And they did it and it sold through the fucking roof. And it still remembers. It's so stupid. It's a fun story yeah. because, because he writes it knowing how silly it is. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a great, wonderful human being. So yes. yeah, uh, he is, by the way, temperament for it. By the way, if you don't, follow his facebook uh group it's you need to because it's the one professional artist facebook group i've seen where the artist just comes on and posts stuff all the time and then talks to everybody mm. and, yeah and he like, just signed up every on, third uh, post is just walt simonson talking to you uh well he just started an instagram yeah and i'm sure it's him. gonna be the same thing yeah because he just posts his just drawings and stuff it's awesome most of his like a lot of his facebook is just like hey me and wheezy are watching netflix <laughs> like, yeah because he's they're, married um, he's married to louise the, simonson uh, adorable the most adorable yes. couple in comic books is walt and louise simonson yeah I, I, I saw a thing where louise simonson when she was louise jones before she married mm-hmm. simonson, every single person that worked on her had a crush on her and they yeah, were all, I believe it. well, first of all, she was a girl walking in comics, uh, of which there were like three in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, but then also like everybody was super jealous of Walt Simonson because not only was he doing this career making run on Thor, Thor. Yeah. but then he also stole the girl everybody wanted. Yeah. That's great. Isn't he that? deserves her. Yeah. They're, they're so cute together. Yeah. They're in the first Thor and I can never find them. Yeah, there. Um, there's a celebration dinner or something at the end, and in Asgard or in the town? No, in Asgard. I always thought they were in the diner in the town. It's like a camera just like pans across and you see him. Um, I don't know if she's in it, but Walt Simons is definitely there. I've seen him. Um, yeah, they're um, she's interviewed pretty heavily on um that Secret Origin we talked about last week or the previous week or whatever it was. The The DC one. The DC one, yeah. and it's just like uh, you, she's just like, uh, you know, she is part of that generation that got into comics that wanted to be in comics. Yeah, you know, she's not like all these like frustrated comics that wanted to be guys, architects. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, <laughs> the first generation were grumpy old Jews that were still surprised they weren't killed by Nazis. Right, right. Like yeah. they had all just they all just come back from the armed forces and they were like, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> and and they they're trying either, to make it as architects. Yeah, and I feel like there was a whole generation of them that came back from World War II, moved back to Manhattan, and either started creating comic books or television comedy. Right. <laughs> like they either worked for Stan Lee or Sid Caesar. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Those, that was uh, the bad tracks of uh careermanship. But yeah. Is like she adores comics, and it's like uh, just if you can ever see an interview with her, a podcast or anything with her, I'd highly, highly re- uh, recommend it. They're they're wonderful people. Yeah, it's I feel like it's getting rarer and rarer in the in this kind of cynical social networking um, world we have now, where it's just fun to like 
bash. It's it's a such a fresh blast of fresh air to see somebody who just loves comics. And yeah. It's like, oh and yeah, I, mean, I love comics like that. that, and I never talk about that anymore. Right. You know, yeah, it's I, always like hating on whatever yeah. going on, and there's always a lot of nonsense. So you know, there's, there's plenty to hate on. There's a lot of nonsense, and I think you have successfully saved me money because I was literally on eBay going like, all right, it would cost me $400 to get all of the Clone Saga. No. And I'll remind you, you reread the Clone Saga within like the last couple of years because you went beca- out and bought all those issues. I bought all the issues because they were still 50 cents. But yeah, there's a reason for that, John. <laughs> well, the, here's the other thing is, um, we love to plug in stock trades, of which we have no financial stake. But they put out they put out omnibuses for half off the week they came out. I knew every week those omnibuses came out. Yeah, you watched them. You watched yeah, and them. I, come and out. I said no. Passed on them. Yeah. You know, it's like you bought that fraction omnibus for Fantastic Four. That was what? really, really cheap. Yeah, that was stupid. I know, it's but it was run. I know that was, and that's the problem. I wanted to give him a second chance because yeah. I, I love Fraction when he's when he's on, and I love Bagley, and they combined to do a Fantastic Four, and I'm like, maybe it's better than I remember because they did an omnibus of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I kind of learned early on. I don't, I don't know how I learned this. I can't remember like what turned the corner, but I remember at some point I realized I'm like, oh, they're gonna put everything and anything in omnibus. This isn't just always gonna be their best stuff. And I don't know what omnibus I saw solicited that made me realize that. Cause I was getting like everything. I would yeah. skip like Iron Man and the Hulk. Cause I'm not a big, like Iron Man and Hulk fan, but I, I was got getting those a lot and of read them once and sold them. And that's what I figured I would have done. I'm like, I could just, you know, grab a Marvel masterworks trade and do the same thing. Um, but yeah, it, they'll, they'll put anything in omnibus. So it's like, you can't trust them. You know what I mean? You really well, gotta, ironically, you gotta know whether or not it's something you want to read. Yeah. Ironically, when they put Avengers, the crossing out, I was like, Oh, right. Then our toe in a And maybe that was it. Maybe that was what I saw. And I was like, Oh, you know, there's no reason to get this. Yeah, and I've was- looked at it before and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I've got almost every other Avengers omnibus they did. Um, you know, all the ones I've got, I really like. If I had it sitting up there, it would bother me because I'd be like, that doesn't belong next to Busiek and Perez's run of Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly where I was, was I was looking at my, uh, the way I rearranged my books. They're in my living room staring at me. And mm-hmm. Spider-Man is perfect eye level because uh, this will make you very happy. I moved all my Spider-Man omnibuses out of the A's. Oh, that is good. You put them under S for Spider-Man. I put them under S for Spider-Man. Yeah, that's how I do it. That's good. Man, did that make you angry? Well, it's just, I, it's like, uh, I'm always interested to see how people catalog. Because initially I was cataloging them like an asshole. And I was trying to set them by decade. I was putting like, here's all the books that Ooh. kind of fit in the 60s. So you could look at like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Captain America, and all these books that were 60s. And then the next shelf was the 70s. And then the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. And then it was like, where do the 2010s go? Now that's 50 years. And it's like, I don't have five vertical shelves going up against the wall. Not yet. You know? So now it's all alphabetical, which is better, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's where I am now. But I still have my marbles on one wall. My, no, I, I actually don't. I, was, uh, uh, I always had my marbles on one wall, my DCs on another wall. I no segregate them, yeah, just like a um, shop. But my Batman's... Now I have like Batman segregated and then the DCs are mixed in and it makes me want to sell the DCs more. Which yeah. is why I just sold Death of Superman because I'm like, what's it doing next to Secret Wars? Right, makes no sense. Yeah, and then, yeah. I, pulled, then I pulled the Marvel Star Wars out. I'm like, you're not even superheroes. Uh, See, that's an interesting point. We had this discussion at the shop and uh, this guy, Stuart, uh, not Stu, Stuart. Uh, this is a different chap. Um, used to work with him at 10th Planet. He's a very wonderful man. He he would always say you should mix all the titles together on the shelf. Like when you're selling them is the idea is like, you put Superman and Spider-Man next to each other. Somebody's looking for one might find the other. He's like the comic companies want you to segregate them by their books only. Cause Marvel doesn't want you to buy Superman. They want you to buy Spider-Man. So it's like, they only want you to see the Marvel comics, not the DC comics or the indie comics or what have you. And I was hated that. So at the store we used to work at, then at Camaro's, we always, kept them by company. So all the yeah, Marvel titles together, walls. all the DC titles were together. Yeah, typically on opposite walls. And I, I just wonder is like, you know, when people put like bookshelves, it's like, 
I separate them all. It's like always separate. The DC omnibuses are in one place. The Marvel omnibuses are in another. But I do but wonder, it, it's like you kind of run out of room that way. You got to just kind of mix yeah, them together. It, right. And if you're a casual fan and you go in looking for Superman, you're going to try to find the S's. And you, and you are going to see Spider-Man going, well, Spider-Man starts with an S. And then you're going right. to tell you you're wrong. The, the one layout I always loved was every comic store in the 90s that I saw would have the new releases up on one wall. And then right. they'd have like down by the floor, they'd have last week. And then they would go to the back issue bin. And then the trade paperbacks would be in the back. And Jim Hanley's Universe uh, in New York, at one point, they owned five different stores. They had like two in Manhattan and a couple in Brooklyn and Staten Island. But they were the first store I ever walked into where the entire store was A to Z. And it was every company. So like, so yeah, like Aliens was next to Amazing Spider-Man, which was next to Avengers, which was next to The Atom. And they kept right. every book up until they ran out. So you could find right. five or six months, you just went to, you, you went to the Superman section and if you missed something three months ago. And that's what's killing me now is I'm trying to pull out a print, but I still have the subscription left to Amazing Spider-Man. And with quarantine, it's just thrown my subscription into chaos. I missed three issues in six months. So right. this week, issue like 43 showed up, which came out right before quarantine. And I was like, oh, great. Well, I'll redeem the comiXology code and I'll read it on my iPad. And I guess I'll put it away because I haven't sold my Amazing Spider-Mans yet. And then I went into the box and there was no 42. And it oh, just started to eat my brain. Because number one. Yeah. Because also that means I don't have the digital code, so I can't actually read it. But then also there's a long box sitting in a basement that I am planning to sell, but it has a hole in it and it's shit. Yep. And then I, I flashed back because I was in New York a couple weeks ago and I was like, I saw that issue on the shelf. I saw it on the shelf in Long Island. <laughs> it exists somewhere. <laughs> no, and yeah. I, know, I know there are stores that still have it and some of them might still be open and it just, it just tortured me. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that it's like, because I had all the comics and I've moved them around so much. You know, they were in my old house, that my, my, my parents' basement. Then they got all moved to the shop where I was storing them for a while. Then they got moved out of the shop back to my parents' new house. And now I'm starting to bring some of them like here. And I had the full run of Bendis' Daredevil run. And I'm like, I know I can probably get decent money for this. And there's one issue missing. And I'm like... <sighs> It's in one of those boxes. I just have to wait and find it. The problem is if I don't find it, then do I sell it with a missing book or do I break the run up into two? Like with the missing one uh, separating, it's so frustrating. And then it's like, I was even thinking like, do I go online and buy the issue? So I buy it, put it with mine and then sell them all together. It's like, yeah, it's so upsetting. I, I have had that thought. It really is upsetting. That actually leads me to uh, the other topic that happened this week. Um, and kind of my, once again, rabbit hole down, was this week uh, NBC launched Peacock, which is their right, HBO streaming. Max, their Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I didn't have much interest in it. I didn't feel like paying for anything that was on NBC. There was nothing that was compelling about it. But then I found out that if you have Xfinity, uh, cable or internet, you get it for free. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll get it for free. Yeah. I mean, they have every 30 Rock. They have tons of Saturday Night Lives. Um, so then I'm like, well, how do I get it for free? So then I went in and I put in my Comcast email and they were like, nope, you don't qualify to get this for free. And I'm like, but you said if I had Xfinity, I get it. They were like, no, if you're an Xfinity Flex customer. And I'm like, well, screw that. The fuck is an Infinity Flex customer? This, this is what I learned this week. Infi yeah. The Infinity Flex is their streaming box. It's their Apple TV. So they've created their own box to get all your apps in case <sighs> you didn't buy cable. Now I looked into that. That box is free. So if you just tell them, send me a free flex box, then you get Peacock for free. Yeah. So I'm like, send me a flex box. Uh, the next day, the flex box shows up uh, with a power cord that doesn't fit it. So then that's 15 minutes of talking to Comcast uh, until uh, it, we literally went round and round until the guy went, you see the flat power cord? You put that in the back. I was like, I have a round power cord. Oh, you shouldn't have one of those. So, so, then, so then I get the flex. And I hook it up to my brand new TV. Now, my TV is a smart TV, which gets um, 
all the apps except Peacock. Okay. So it even gets it even gets Apple Plus, which means it gets iTunes, which means it has every movie I paid for that's in my Apple TV can come right up on my TV screen. But Peacock's not there. So HBO Max is there, Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix. I'm starting to realize that I subscribe to every single streaming platform. Right. That's where um, you just got to save your money. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like five bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I got the TV, they gave me a month free of HBO Max, and I'm sure they'll never remind me of that until I oh, pay Oh, no, yeah, and you realize you've been paying it for six months. Yeah, and just like cable, I'm, I'm binge-watching one show on every platform. So I get the Flex set up. Then I set the Flex up, and Flex does not have Apple on it, and Flex does not have um, uh, HBO Max, I think it doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't have HBO Max. It doesn't have Vudu. It doesn't have like these other five apps. So now I have to remember which apps are on the box and which apps are on the mm. TV and flip back and forth. Switch back and forth, yeah. Them. And then this is so aggravating that impulse that we've been talking about for the last 30 to 40 minutes now of like, I just want, I want everything together because I want to go, I want to say, Hey, I have that thing. I want to re-experience that thing. Like, I want to read John Romita Sr.'s Spider-Man. Oh, they're on this shelf. Right. Okay. Now I want to read Mark Bagley's Spider-Man. Well, that one's in this omnibus, but that one's in this epic collection, and that one's in this trade. And these are these back issues that are down in your basement. And then I start to fry my brain. Now my apps are doing that. Right. I'm like, I want to watch um, Everybody Loves Raymond is on Peacock. It's not streaming on anything. So I'm watching Everybody Loves Raymond. So I got to remember that Everybody Loves Raymond is on Peacock. But then if I want to watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is what the boys are into now, then we got to leave that and go to HBO Max. So the so and now I got to go from one piece of hardware to another piece of hardware. Yeah, I mean, it, it's they uh, all these fucking companies with the streaming apps and everything, they basically just resold us cable. Yeah. They, that's all they did they repackaged cable in a shittier format <laughs> yeah and it's like they just resold it to us to where we're basically paying all the apps it's like basically what you're paying for cable is like you want the disney package there's the disney package you want hbo package there's the hbo package it's like they fucking got us again guys they, always, they, they got they, us again <laughs> they all they always do hey yeah, I got it's my, so I got frustrating my, i got my first electric bill which says that i used um I used eight, $8.53 of uh, supply charges. My bill is $23.39. Wow. That's crazy. Because then you go through, here, here's the list. Electricity supply charge. That's what I used. Then there's a transmission service charge, a purchased electricity adjustment, a customer charge for delivery. Because, you know, the guy's got to come every day. Uh, the standard metering charge. The distribution facilities charge, the Illinois electricity distribution charge, the environmental cost recovery adjustment, that's six cents, but it's on here, the yeah. renewable portfolio standard, the zero emission standard, the energy efficiency programs, the franchise cost, the state cost, the municipal tax. And that is, that is 200% of my bill. Yeah. That's see, it's like it's frustrating. It's like yeah. I did the same thing. I look at my internet bill, and it's like all these charges. And one of these charges is a one-time charge. I said, "The fuck is a one-time charge? That Don't means, come at me." You know, yeah, that means they're not going to charge you again, right? But then it's like I saw it on three bills. <laughs> it's like, you can't have a one-time charge on three bills. That's not a that's not a one-time charge, bro. That's something else. Well, the, and the way I tried to get around streaming after so long, I've been talking about this on the podcast for years, and I've been yeah. recommending people do this for years. I'm like, look, just follow the DVD model. Just buy the movies you want. I was talk Ben and I were watching Disney Plus, and he's like, you know, we don't watch Disney Plus as much as I thought we would. And I was like, yeah, that's because everything that's on Disney Plus that people really want to see, we already have yeah, iTunes, yeah. Yeah, I have every Marvel movie. I have every Star Wars movie in iTunes because for a while they came with the Blu-ray and I would put them in the way I do comiXology. And then there was nothing for a while. So I was buying them like DVDs. I would spend like 15 bucks the week it came out. But now they're all streaming. What killed me about uh, Peacock this week was I was kind of just exploring it and they have a movie section. I'm like, well, let's see what movies you have. So they're universal. 
So they have all old Universal movies. So they have like a lot of Universal monsters. And I bought all those because they would sell those for five bucks. So like Bride of Frankenstein was five bucks. I bought it. Um, but then I noticed they had the Marx Brothers movies, which I loved. And they have the first four Marx Brothers movies. So I add them all on my watch list, my watch list. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you want to watch these, go to Peacock. And then I'm like, right. wait, but the fifth Marx Brothers movie is not on Peacock. Oh, but I bought it on iTunes. But so did then you I, buy it on iTunes with the other four? That's, this is where I'm going with it. So then I go to iTunes. The other four were never available to buy on iTunes. Oh, those I have on a fucking Blu-ray on the shelf. So Universal put out the Blu-ray, never put it out to iTunes. Now they put it on Peacock for free. They just went around me buying it. And now that's three places. If I want to watch fucking Animal Crackers, which I do, it's amazing. I got to remember three. It's like there's a padlock on everything. Yeah. It's like a combination lock to watch stuff. And the the only way to solve that is to buy an Apple TV because what saves me with the Apple TV is that it has Siri. And then I, so what I do is one of the things I love about Apple TV, you hold the Siri button and you go Spider-Man and then Apple TV goes, okay. And it just, put, it aggregates everything in one space. He's like, Hey, here's the 90 series. That's on Disney plus. Okay. I'll here's tell you where to here's go. Spe- to yeah. Here's spectacular Spider-Man. You bought that one on iTunes. Here's right. the Andrew Garfield ones. They're on Hulu. And all I have to do is choose one. I don't have to remember where they are. Right. Problem is, the 4K Apple TV is $175. Yeah. And I have two devices in my living room that are free. And I'm like, yeah. is it worth $175 to not For robo-assistance. Yeah. Well, it's cheaper than the alternative, John, which I think you're overlooking here is the, your alternative option is to just buy everything you want on DVD. Like it's 2016. Yeah, I did that. I sold them all. The I know. Books. Go to half price books. They're probably super cheap. You probably get them for 50 cents. Just like all those fucking clone saga books you bought. Well, now here's the problem with DVD. Cause there's a problem with everything. Mm-hmm. Now, now my family, my family is in two houses. Right. So. You got to divide D- up the DVDs. With DVDs. I got to remember where it physically is. Right. Like, yeah. DVD. So I still, I was surprised how many DVDs I had when I unpacked and it was all stuff that wasn't available. Like I have the Muppet show on DVD, which they never finished. They did. They never did seasons four or five on DVD ever. And now Disney plus don't have them. So I got to remember. It's on HBO, right? No, it's on nothing. It's on nothing. Disney owns the Muppets and they have like a few of the movies and the ABC show that, Bombed. They don't have the original Muppet show. So now I got to remember, I got to remember, okay, I want to watch John Cleese hosting the Muppet show, which you do. You really, really do. Yeah. Uh, I want to watch John Cleese hosting the Muppet show. Okay. Now I got to remember it's season two DVD and that's in this room of this apartment. Oh, and then seasons four and five. Well, I bought a complete Muppet show at Wizard World. Because they never put out seasons four or five. So if I want to see Johnny Cash host the Muppet Show, which again, you yeah, do. do. <laughs> That's on a bootleg one. I feel like I just uh, I just read a comic where I'm fairly certain John Cleese made a cameo. It's like the Faulty Towers. I, I that sounds really familiar. He did write a Superman comic with John Byrne. Mm, I don't know if I was reading something old. I think this is like something new. Is that like the character went somewhere and I was like, is this, is that John Cleese? <laughs> it's like, is this supposed to be like the Faulty Towers? Remember you had that like uh, Bed and Breakfast or whatever it was? It, it could Am well I thinking be. of the right show? Yeah, it could well be. So what, I, so what I'm saying is I think our whole uh, episode this week. Um, is the collecting psychosis well, tome of nonsense? Yes. Yeah. And it, it's coming around full circle because I'm trying to live a more streamlined life. I'm moving out of a house where I had a basement full of stuff and then a first floor full of other stuff um, into an apartment. And I have a storage space that I don't want to use. There's a bicycle in there. That's yeah. how I want that storage space to be. Right. Uh, I don't, I did look at it and go, hey, I could get the f- six boxes of Amazing Spider Man that I have which go all the way back to Ditko. Uh, I could put those in here. I don't want to. Right. 
but there's yeah, two- I've got uh, two long boxes in my apartment, and it's too too many. I yeah. don't have the room for this crap. And I I I I think there's some stuff you're like, nah, this guy I want to keep, or you kind of find like, your your thing. It's a sickness, though. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's it's absolutely it's, a sickness. Hundred percent a sickness. It's like you know. Uh, we had Mike from Mr. Wayne's on last week. We were talking. I was yeah, yeah. thinking the same thing. Every time we're talking to somebody who's doing collecting, or it's like this kind of collecting and that kind of collecting, you're just like, this is not uh, well behavior. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's like you don't want to scratch that too much because you don't want to see what you can't uh, can't bury what you've uncovered. <laughs> but well, I, I just kind of th- like. Uh, I think I. I- sure i talked about this before i think collecting comes from insecurity i think it's this feeling of um no whoever fucked you up in your life or whatever happened that that reminded you that nothing is permanent whether you trusted somebody that went away or you worked something into your routine and you couldn't adapt once it was gone there is a switch that goes i want to make sure i control how i experience it this and when i was a kid i loved action figures and television and comics and i want to know i can see that again and again and again and again and i don't have to worry about oh well you pull the plug on this or you move this over here or this has been canceled right it's almost like i think it's it's kind of like it's like the fear of like not having it right is that it like, is but it's just like i think there's just a lot of stuff where it's like i don't know the last time i I have a pile of DVDs somewhere in the apartment, probably behind my television. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know the last time I opened up a DVD box, put a DVD into, I don't even have a DVD player. It was going into like an Xbox probably and played a DVD. It's like, if it's not on Netflix or, uh, you know, uh, Disney plus or whatever other streaming thing we've got in the apartment, I, it's like out of sight, out of mind. I don't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, then like, and it used to be the opposite because I used to, the bookcases that are full of omnibuses used to be full of DVDs and right. every day I'd look over there and go, Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I think I'll watch that. And right. that, and that's gone. Now omnibuses are doing that. Yeah. With those, I mean, I'm always, it's like, it's weird. Cause you're, you're filling up this wall full of these omnibuses and it's just like, I'm always kind of like, yeah, what's the next one that's coming out? And I'm like, all right, you know, they're doing another Conan the Barbarian coming out. There's got this Black Widow one coming out. I'll get that. You know, it's like, look around and it's like, where does it stop though? Cause that's my always concern. It's it like, I'm, I'm running out of space, you know, to where I was going to go to Home Depot the other day. I've got three shelves uh, of omnibuses and it starts on the floors like shelf one and then there's three shelves up and the third shelf is a half shelf it's not as long as the other two i'm like man i really got to get another shelf <laughs> because you know i got all these books i've noticed are coming out at the end of this year uh you know covid pushed everything back a bit so now there's a bit of a backlog to where it's going to be there's like five omnibuses at the end of this year i'm like fuck you know i really want to get these and it's like there's no goddamn room on the shelf so it's all right you sure you expand the shelf now you got four shelves extra but then what you want to add a shelf on top what's next year gonna look like you know i keep hoping that like something terrible will happen that will shut everything down permanently something terrible did happen that shut everything down permanently and you're talking about building more shelves more permanent than that something that will halt the. this is the most permanent thing we've experienced in our lifetime Something that'll halt public. And we're the country omnibus. doing it the most. We're we're killing it. We're number one. Uh, we're literally killing it. Uh, and by yeah, it, yeah. I mean all of us. Us, yeah. Uh, yeah. That you know what? I moved into this place, and I was like, I'm not going to need anything. I'm not going to need anything. Not going to need anything. And I have this um this Japanese Spider-Man, this McFarlane Spider-Man figure, and he has switchable hands, and one of the hands and feet are magnets. And I was like, hey, I have my, I have a, a, my own refrigerator. I'm going to stick him up on the shelf and he'll be climbing up the refrigerator. Ah, I could yeah. do That's great. The last one I had was brushed steel and that's not magnetic. And then within three days, I bought the Venom that had magnets in his fucking hand. So he's got a little buddy. Yeah, he, well, he's climbing up low. Like Spider-Man's yeah. down and Venom's coming after him. And you know what? If they did a Dr. Octopus that had magnets in his tentacles. him too. It doesn't end. And yeah. It, it, it. I found it ends only with your own uh, demise. You have to have the ability to no. You have to have the ability to kind of like put in uh, guardrails 
for lack of a better term. You know, it's like my guardrails for action figures was like uh, Silver Age Avengers only. And then Black Widow broke out of that guardrail. And I'm like, fuck, okay, contain it. 80s only, <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to make that fucking War Machines coming out, you know? Yeah. Well, How it's like I said. They know the War Machine. Oh, he looks great too. I, well, it's like I said before. I'm like, why do I have Toy Man? Why do I have the Parasite? Why do I have Composite Superman? Super and it's because, awesome. yeah, but it's also because that line of figures came out, and I went, ah, fuck it, get them all. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think my biggest problem is there's just no way to keep these things clean. There's n- never a way to keep it complete because they start making things. They're right, unless that they have to stop. But there's no way to keep it clean. The last thing I want to mention is. Um, I've been into comiXology because I was like, comiXology seemed like this uh, perfect solution because I could get all of my comics digitally. They're not taking up space. Um, They're cheap because they're like, they're half the price of regular comic books because there's no overhead, because there's no distribution, there's no paper. But then also when they get old, when they become back issue bins, they drop the price again. And then they do these trade paperback sales like twice a week where they're just like, hey, every trade paperback that's $25 on Amazon, well, right now it's five bucks. So I'm like, oh, Marvel Masterworks, one to 20. That cost me $60. Yeah, you have have, have 60 years of comics. Yeah, for like the price of one omnibus, you can have like 30 years. But then I was going through that and because the trade paperbacks are cheaper than the single issues, I was going through my Spider-Man there and I was like, okay, so here's 20 masterworks. Okay. That gets me to two thirty. All right. And then there's this trade. Nothing stops the juggernaut. Now that's the next issue and goes the next issue. Oh, here's five single issues. Cause they weren't in a trade. And now here's an, now here's the clone saga. And that's amazing and spectacular and web. There's no way to keep it clean. There just isn't. Yeah. You'd have to wait for the omnibuses to do it to where they, print everything in order and you can just kind of fill it in. But or I have, I have omnibuses that repeat the same issue and I know you do. Yeah, no, I do. But I think it's something where it's like, I don't mind the ones that I have that do. So for instance, I've got Kurt Busiek's Avengers. I have Mark Wade's Captain America and I have Kurt Busiek's Iron Man. Each one of those omnibuses has the live, create, or die story in it. Because mm-hmm. it's one issue is Cap, one issue is Iron Man, and one issue was... Um, Avengers Avengers and it goes through and then it's in each and it's in all three books I've read it six times probably and it's like I don't mind that I think it's like between the omnibuses and the epic collections they should be straight runs of the specific characters there is going to be overlap somewhere but that's like the only way to do it my only concern and I'd love to just go digital and just have all this shit on like a thumb drive or a, a hard drive somewhere is it like um what if we you know lose electricity permanently <laughs> and that's what's always in the back of my head of like you've got a hard copy <laughs> if anything happens you've got a hard copy here of basically the marvel universe <laughs> i guarantee you if we lose electricity permanently yeah you're not going to worry about where your comics are no probably not but it'd be nice in the post-apocalyptic world <laughs> that i've got some reading material that's all i'm saying well, i was having this conversation with my dad and the thing about media is you always have to translate it because um when I was telling my dad about iTunes and so, and he goes, well, he goes, well, how can you trust that they're not just going to pull the plug? And I'm like, well, they are because they always have, they pulled the plug on Blu-ray. They pulled the right. plug on DVD. I was like, how many VHS are in your house now, dad? Cause right. he's been in the same house for 40, 50. Or what was it, like the what, eight track tapes, right? That was first eight track tapes. We had those. No, there was real to real. Well, the vinyl records was the first, unless you want to yeah. talk about wax cylinders, but but yeah, but then we broke it down and we were like, okay, so you're, so digital needs some kind of distribution system, which can break down, but then um, any analog needs the machine to view it. It's, it is easier to find someone to convert a Blu-ray than it is to find a working VCR. And we were, we, we were just having this discussion about, um, I was having with Bill Monroe about um, videotapes like we made when we were kids. Uh, right like s- sketches where we borrowed somebody's camera and we shot a sketch and you, we want to see it again there's one copy of that and right i would like to get it on youtube just so i know where it is i don't care if anybody else watches it but then i gotta find a vcr that works that i can connect to digital so there's right. always some kind of translation and when we broke it down 
eventually the printed word, you, your brain becomes a translation because you have to know that language. Right. Yeah. Like, I can't read German. If, right. So there's always, there's always a step between the media and understanding the media. And sometimes it's electronic and sometimes it's mental, but yeah. there's never a one-to-one. No, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, it's so who knows what the future is going to kind of look like in terms of how we'll be consuming media. It's just like a beam of light shoots in our eye and, you know, we see the images in our brain or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I think it's the problem is, is that it's like, it's generational. They kind of want everyone to kind of rebuild their collection, right? It's like people, I remember we used to have a double doors you'd open up like this in our living room when we were kids. And it was just wall to wall VHS it was every VHS we owned in one place. And it's like that, that whole closet now is useless. Right. So then it's like, okay, then it became, everyone had their own DVD collections and then the DVDs became relevant. Now it's everyone had their Blu-rays. Now no one has Blu-rays. It's all digital or it's all streaming. And it's like, that's where we're at now. It's, it's still moving. Streaming's just the latest thing it's going to change again. And then everyone's going to have to go out and buy all new shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff's still somewhere. Every, every single VC, um, VHS tape that was ever manufactured is still somewhere on earth. Do you yeah, know, it, it's breaking down <laughs> very, very, very slowly. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's like, it's not going back to the earth anytime soon, but it's becoming no. playable pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sure it's like most of these things are unplayable, but they're all just sitting somewhere. You know, not in the same somewhere, but they're all somewhere. The greatest thing in the world. This week. I would love to end this episode without doom and gloom. Yes. <laughs> um, so I do want to mention one news story that I loved. There was a six-year-old who oh, yeah. mm-hmm. got injured defending his baby sister from a dog attack which uh, is another check mark in my list of why do people fucking like dogs? I um, love dogs, but you know, I a- think they're fine. But when they're always like, Hey, I can kill you if I want to. Well, not all, not all dogs are like that. You know, this was probably like a mean, uh, you know, dog. Yeah. But <laughs> you, you know, know what? I, I, I can take down my cat. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might scratch me a lot, but I yeah. will. But John, John, you take a slip in the bathtub, you're living alone these days. You take a slip in the bathtub, you're going to become a meal to that cat. You know what I mean? It's like that cat will eat you. Wait, you're saying I don't welcome that. I, I slip in the ba- by your cat. I slip in the bathtub and I knock myself out. I'm just out. That's it. I'm not, well, what if you I'm might, not you being devoured alive. I'm dead. Oh. Yeah, if you're dead, who cares, right? It's like Frank Reynolds, throw me in the trash. Right. <laughs> Hang me, do what you want. <laughs> I don't care about what happens to me afterwards. I care about how I die, and I don't want to be die. I don't want to die being eaten by an animal. Right. But anyway, this kid said he decided if one of us has to die, it's going to be me. And he fought the dog off, and they did reconstructive surgery, and he's like a sweet, quiet little kid. And so, Chris Evans once again proving he is the real Captain America. Yeah. And we cannot recast Captain America. Which is which not, is why not it's like, anytime soon. No, but I don't know how you're like he's such a good Captain America, we forgot he was human torch. Right. Like he's that good, but he made a video and like he's choked up and like, you know what? I'm giving you Captain America's shield because you're the hero. And yeah, then he's a good called him and in a very Tony Stark way, he's like, I'm gonna do you one better, I'm gonna call you later. <laughs> 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 and I kinda love that of like, yeah, Tony builds up the hype. Right. <laughs> Cap just does the thing and doesn't want to thank you. <laughs> Tony has a tease campaign. Right. Yeah, he's a showman. <laughs> but it was just, it was so nice to see, um, to see somebody being rewarded for valor. And the kids of the age where he believes, he believes. He believes, yeah, he's Captain America. The Captain America calls, you know, like I met a guy dressed as Adam West at Toys R Us and I didn't get over it for 10 years. Right. I think I was in high school looking at that picture and went, eh, the proportions aren't right. It's probably not Adam West. <laughs> Chris Evans calls you when you're six? Yeah, it's wild. That's kind yeah, of... Yeah, he's been a pretty good dude. Uh, you know, you never know kind of how these celebrities really are, you know. And who I said you are. were keeping it nice. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is it's nice to know when you, 
repeatedly over and kind of over again, some of these people, you really do kind of see them being like excellent humans. You know, Keanu Reeves is like that, where it's like, yeah, there's all this anecdotal evidence that like he's a really stellar dude. Um, you know, and Chris Evans the same way where it's like, you know, he's got a Twitter and he's very vocal and kind of shares his opinions about like what he thinks is good and bad about the country. And he's the guy's on the right side of history. Yeah. And um, it's, it's cool that, um, you know, you know, he kind of realizes that kid, you know, went through some pretty traumatic stuff and, you know, that it's really cool. So make, it's make, very make. easily Googleable, uh, Googleable. And I believe I have it on the Facebook page. Oh, there, one other thing. It's not really an event, but it did help my week. I didn't know. I was, I was this week old when I found out Harrison Ford and Patrick Stewart have the same birthday. To the year? No, I think they're Just like two date, years, right? they're they're two not... years apart, but they have the same birthday. I yeah. think Patrick Stewart is like, um, I think Patrick Stewart's like a year or two older than Harrison yeah, It's weird Ford. that they're that close in age. I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. I, I, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that it does. It's not weird that they have the same birthday. It's weird that we didn't know this before. Yeah, but I feel like we needed to know this year. Yeah, yeah, we it's just maybe that's what we, they were saving it. Was this yeah. is the year we needed? Yeah, and they were just sweet. Where like the whole next generation cast came over to Patrick Stewart's house and stayed six feet feet apart on the other side of his pool and took that's a picture, cool. which was really cool. And Mark Hamill did like a sweet thing. It's like ah, I like this grumpy guy. I'm just posting this. I don't know why. <laughs> it was, uh, but it's like they have both. Um, they're different in some ways. Where. Harrison Ford, we grew up with, and we watched him go from a young man to an older, older man. And Patrick Stewart has seemed to be the same age until about five years ago. I think the trick is, is uh, go bald early. You know, yeah. like my brother, my older brother went bald in his like late 20s. It's like he's going to look identical until he's, yeah. you know, in his 60s or 70s. He, he, looks, he looks like he has an age today, you know? <laughs> no, it's really, really hard to tell the difference between season one of Next Generation and X-Men Days of Future Past. Right. It's like you can tell the difference between like Picard and season one of Next Gen, but it's not um yeah, he he's aged gracefully. Yeah. You know, not everyone can say that. No, and they're both like they both seem very much at peace with who they are in pop culture and and appreciate it. They both of them don't talk about it. They don't go running around talking about it. Right. And they both have like when they have been presented with an opportunity to reprise that character, they've both kind of been like, yeah, what's the story? Okay, I'll do that. Right. Yeah, and they've been good. No, because neither of them are doing it for a paycheck, I think. They're both right. doing it for story reasons or whatever. Say we will about like the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade or the... Uh, no, whatever. the Last Crusade's a good one. Crystal yeah, Skull. Yeah, the other one, the Crystal Skull. And it's just like, dude, uh, that, was tw- that was 12 years ago. That was Iron Man 1. It's that long ago. I know, that's crazy to <laughs> think that those came out at the same time. It was, it was a big summer. But yeah, yeah. Force, Awaken, Force Awakens and Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049 was an interesting. That's film. right. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, that's uh, second Blade Runner was good. It's, it's gorgeous. It's hard to get through. It's so slow, but it is re- it's really well done. I did enjoy it. Yeah. And it's another one of those movies I own and I'm going to have to watch it. It's one of those. Really, just I, find what format it's on. Well, I keep saying I gotta, I gotta find the right day to watch this, where I'm not distracted and I don't have anything else to do. Right. You know, and you got to be in the right frame of mind. Today, we, uh, I actually had a two-hour break with nothing to do, and it freaked me out. Um, and I was waiting for us to talk, and then I went on HBO Max, and they had Ford versus Ferrari, and I got 20 minutes into it, and I'm like. Yep, not paying attention to a goddamn thing anybody's saying yeah. in this movie. Like, I like Matt Damon. I like Christian Bale. I like James Mangold. Don't care about car racing in the 60s. Yeah, it's like I have mild interest in it, and I was just, just like, I never got to it. And mild. that's like uh, the most, uh, that's what it is with like most movies now. It's like, I almost like don't even like watching movies I haven't seen before, because I'm like, uh, I'd just rather watch something that's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, but I think that's I, part of like there's nothing new to watch. You know what I mean? It's like it yeah, was the last time anyone was at a movie theater. I know it's the last uh, last thing we all talked about. I think was Mandalorian. Right. I, I have been trying to find something new. I just finished. Uh, I just finished Deep Space Nine this week, and I'm kind of lost. I'm like, I I don't have a big show to get into. I don't right. have a big sci-fi show to get into now, and I don't know what to do. How far are well, you in next gen? I actually haven't been back. 
because oh. I watched. Uh, I stopped watching Next Generation when I started watching Dark, that German. But you like, finished Dark, show. right? And I finished it, and then the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm kind of looking for like this other sci-fi thing to watch, and then I was like, ah, I should go back to Next Gen, and I'm like, nah, not yet. <laughs> it's yeah. like I think I'll go back eventually, but I think I need I need something a little different. You need you need to change the pace. Yeah, I thought about I going need a to cleanser. I thought about going to Voyager and I'm like, I'm not doing that. But then um, another thing Peacock has is Battlestar Galactica. And I'm like, it's been a See, while I since I've really seen those. That. Yeah. And nobody else has it but Peacock. That's so, frustrating. Well, do you have a- I'm not going to get one of those stupid little boxes. But do you have Comcast? No, we have like RCN for internet. Oh, yeah, then too. you're not getting yeah. it. It's not going to happen. I'll have to wait until it cycles back to Netflix or whatever. Yes, but if people want to talk to you through your RCN cable, how do they find you? Yeah, you can you can try finding me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan. All right, and you can find the show um, social networking feed at I am at None of My Book. That's on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, I have yet to create a Caffeinated Comics Twitter feed because I don't want it to have less followers than me. <laughs> and I also kind of don't want it to have more. You don't want to compete um, with yourself, you know? No, but we do have a Facebook page, which I know exactly how many people are on that. And it, um, and that's facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. And that's where we post most of the news stories that are going around. And then uh, how do you find the show, Stephen? Uh, you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. 